In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Wright, Wright, Wright. Ian, I'm in a lovely, no, I'm in a Gaelic football Cleveland jersey. So thank you very much for the Cleveland Gaelic football team sending out to me. Have you ever seen Gaelic football in Cleveland, Ian? You know, I actually have, unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. Um, I actually have. So my first name, Ian, spelled I-A-I-N, is actually the Gaelic way of spelling that. So... Um, obviously with my family having some close Irish ties, uh, to the Cleveland area, I have heard about that actually. Yes. Excellent. Well, so, mate, good luck boys. It's, it's an exciting time. I look forward to going to see him at some point. I still got to go and see the Cleveland soccer team. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to do out in Cleveland still. Um, sorry for all the listeners out there that can't see Ian's facial expression, but he did make a funny face. Ian, explain. Who is Cleveland soccer team? Give me one second there. I, I played soccer in the Cleveland area. I played on teams from Lorraine, from Cleveland. We played in Toledo. Sounds like you're jealous, Ian. Oh, for sure. We used to have the Cleveland Crunch. So, Paul, you may not know this, but back in the 90s, we had a legendary indoor soccer team, part of the NPSL, called the Cleveland Crunch with my guys Hector Marinero and Zoran Carriage. Goalie was Otto Orff, defenders George Fernandez. The team was legendary. Do you have a uh, mobile phone uh, near you, Ian? I do. I'll have to look this up. Paul, take take a picture of me. I will tell you, the Cleveland Soccer Club, you are getting video publicity here of Paul Brown in a Gaelic Irish jersey with a Cleveland Soccer Club banner. So this is, I mean, for all of our listeners that are sitting in their car wondering why the hell you guys are talking about this, I mean, Paul must have more Cleveland, random Cleveland <laughs> third-rate sports gear than anyone I've ever talked to in my life. So, I would like to make a uh, announcement at this stage that um, Ian didn't mean they were third-rated uh, teams. I believe everyone in Cleveland is equal. But anyway, I've, nev- I've never heard of you guys. So, if you're a Cleveland soccer team, I'd love to come out. I played for about 25 years, so I'll come out and practice with you guys, like Ocho Cinco, and bring some Paul Brown publicity. Yeah, awesome. So uh, anyway, we're a Browns podcast, so uh, let's stay focused on the Browns. It's all about mobile this week, and uh, you've obviously got a lot of experience there. We've got Ben Albright coming on later in the week uh, to give us a live update from there. I want to know all the gossip from the Browns. If I'm correct, Elliot Wolf's out there at the moment. Yeah, the Browns set a contingency. We got uh, assistant GM Elliot Wolf. We got Alonzo Highsmith. We got uh, Steve Malin. A lot of Browns fans remember him from, I think, building the Browns and uh, Dan Sagany. So, and then scouts, obviously. So just to give you kind of an idea how it works. So the senior bowl actually starts tomorrow. Well, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it'll start on Tuesday. Um, So all the players would have checked in today. There's some interviews. A lot of the scouts and the media get down there. They just, it is an open forum. So the senior bowl 
is basically a hotel and then there's two practice sites. You had Lad People Stadium and then you have another site that's off. So the North practice is at one, the South practices. So all the scouts will be at the North practice. The minute it ends, you, everybody rushes to their cars, gets in their cars and drives to the other location. And that's at Lad People Stadium sometimes. Um, but all of the teams will sit in groups. So like the Browns will all sit together, but some of the scouts will go and maybe watch the individual position drills. So Elliot, who's probably running it, is going to say, hey, you go watch them because it's all going on at once. So you have this giant field. And actually, I think the NFL Network is actually televising it now. So people can watch at home. But you have the receivers over here and the O-line down here and the linebackers over here. So there's so much going on at once that they spread the scouts out, but all the senior members, the coaches, the GMs, they sit up at the stands or sit off to the side and just kind of watch things as a whole. It's actually a pretty cool experience. And, um, you know, if next year maybe we have some time. Maybe I'll get some credentials and we can go down there. Oh, you're talking. I like the way you're talking, man. That is very sexy. The well, when we fast we, going on tour live every day from Mobile, that'd be amazing. Yeah, we have your video skills and my skill of just talking to people at the bar. So it's kind of neat. There's a little bar right across from the hotel. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you, you go there at night, you talk to Ben Albright about going to Leeds and he'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about. They, everybody is in there. They're all shooting the shit and gossip and trades and everything. I mean, the center of the football universe centers in on Mobile, Alabama. And it's, it's quite wild. It is quite wild. It seems like a dream holiday for you. I don't think, uh, I don't think um, Raquel will be too happy about uh, giving up the Maldives for the Senior Bowl, though. You know, from what I've heard, pornography is banned in the Maldives, so we may, Mobiles might be a better place. Okay, well, mate, there's been quite a lot of uh, Browns news today. Yeah, they really they were making the rounds. So it sounds like... Uh, Mitchell is back, running back. You know, I think the most magnificent thing about that is Browns fans, we get to enjoy Stump Mitchell's beard for another year. That is just one of the highest quality gray beards. Between Stefanski's GQ, George Clooney-like just frosting of gray, and then Stump Mitchell's I will just beat your ass in an alley gray beard of grizzly. It's just, the Browns have the best beard game in the MNF, NFL. I don't, I don't care what you say. I mean, Name me two better beards than Stump Mitchell and Kevin Stefanski. You can't do it. Okay, here we go. Odell Beckham, name drop. I was near him there last night, and his beard is thick. You know, when you see him face-to-face, his beard is a serious beard. Really? Well, yeah. There you go. Did you give him the spider? I did. I did. He even gave me the handshake. Uh, the, the handshake goes into the spider, basically, if you're in his gang. Now, it goes with a double tap really quick to start with. And I obviously didn't know the double tip, so I looked at the dickhead. So anyway, so let's move on very quickly about that. <laughs> Odell's tearing up London. Yeah, so um, anyway, um, uh, Callahan on the O-line, that's quite, um, that's quite a big, uh, big uh, sculpt to get, yeah? Yeah, one of the things we, uh, speaking of coaches that were retained, Mike Prefer is obviously sticking around. I think we all knew that one. But one of the ones that shocked everybody was when James Campen moved on. And, you know, for those that follow us on Twitter, you'll have seen that a certain uh, offensive lineman's relative had sent us a message that losing Campen might be a big deal. So I know a lot of people were kind of worried. Um, so Stefanski runs that outside zone. It's a little more unique. Jake Burns did a hell of a job kind of breaking down the different, um, 
kind of layers of how they run that. And I'm not sure they, there is a better offensive line coach on the market, not named James Campen, than Bill Callahan, who has legitimately been working with offensive lines since probably the day Paul was born. I mean, this guy, he's in his early 60s. He's been in the NFL for damn near 40 years. He was the interim coach of the Redskins last year. Um, that was his, he was with the offensive line. He was associate head coach before that. He's been with the Cowboys, the Jets, the Raiders, the Eagles. He was in Nebraska as the head coach for a number of years, uh, back towards the late 2000s, if I'm not mistaken. And then even before that, he was the offensive line coach at Joe Thomas's alma mater, Wisconsin. So th if there's a guy that knows more about offensive line than Bill Callahan, I, I haven't met him yet. So that was a very shocking hire and a great addition to Stefanski's team because having veteran guys um, like that really just help you, you know, because a lot of times, a lot of people don't know this, a lot of times the O-line coaches are the ones that design the running game. So a lot of your running schemes and stuff like that are actually drawn up by the O-line coaches. So Bill Callahan's a great guy to have on your staff. Uh, excellent. Obviously, we've discussed O'Shea. And is uh, Woods been uh, the DC yet been announced or not? No, they can't because the Niners walloped the Packers last night. Um, so you cannot. So any coach that's under contract with a team that has not lost. So I don't know if you saw the uh, Titans defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, retired. So all of the Titans coaches uh, became free agents. Now, ironically enough, one of the coaches on Vrabel's staff in Tennessee was a guy by the name of Kerry Combs. He is going back to Ohio State to be the defensive coordinator. And if you have not looked up videos of Kerry Combs, I highly recommend you do it. He is a nut job. He is crazy. I love him to death. I mean, all of the corners that have come through Ohio State, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Denzel Ward, Bradley Roby, Garyon Conley, all those guys all came through Kerry Combs. So unfortunately, since the San Francisco 49ers won, Mike McDaniel, Mike LaFleur, Joe Woods, all of those names, we have to wait a couple weeks. Is he as crazy as my new favorite person, the LSU head coach? Oh, Ed Orgeron? Yeah. So different types of crazy. So Ed Orgeron's right out of the bayou, and, you know, he wins football games. Even though half of his staff has been depleted, Joe, uh, Joe Brady's gone, the defensive coordinator's gone, half the team's gone. Uh, Kerry Combs is the guy who would go to, say, Minnesota in the middle of November. It's 40, you know, it's – four inches of snow and he's out there in a t-shirt just hyping people up and screaming boom all the time. So yeah, you got to look this guy up. He's, he's, he's a madman. So. Okay. Excellent. And uh, mate, there was something I saw on Twitter today. Um, a basketball player to play for the Cavs. I don't know a lot about him and maybe some of the listeners, you know, the international listeners don't know a lot about him as well. Can you just give us like a bit of an overview on him at all? Yeah. You know what? It, I saw it kind of making the rounds and um, for us nostalgic Cleveland fans. So there was a player that was on the Cavs named, I'm sorry, Delonte West. So Delonte West, he's, tr he's troubled. I mean, he's battled issues for years. Um, I can't confirm whether or not that is him in the video. It sure does look like him. He was with the Cavs during uh, the 2008 through 2010 season. Um, he spent time with the Celtics, the Mavericks. Um, you know, was in the NBA, I want to say, for damn near 10 years. I mean, I want to say eight, nine years. And then he went over and played overseas. But um, it just he, – he was diagnosed, I believe, as a schizophrenic. 
and there's a video that's been circulating of him looks like in some sort of a homeless situation um being questioned by the police you know it, it's it's a troubling video to see what can happen and ironically enough uh tonight i finished the aaron hernandez documentary um that's on netflix and you know a lot of times as sports fans we watch these guys on tv and we sometimes lose sight at what could be going on behind the scenes, whether it's through CTE and football, you know, mental health disease and basketball. There's just such a facet of the game that we don't see. And, you know, I've saw numerous athletes reach out, you know, um, Des Bryant was one that said that they want to help try to get this guy help that needs to be in rehab. You know, he has a long history of just interesting ways of being in the news and, you know, most notably, there was this really rumor that went around about him and the mother of LeBron James, which was just unsubstantiated and reckless. And they, people think it's funny to do that shit. And you don't realize how much you mess with people's heads. And, you know, like this guy's got to live this down who's already battling depression. And, you know, one of the things I saw in Aaron Hernandez video or in the documentary, two days after these radio hosts in Boston go on and make jokes about homosexuality and stuff like that, he kills himself. And, you know, sometimes I think Twitter is a breeding ground for people to be assholes. And they say things that, you know, they would never say in real life, but they have the ability to mask it behind the, you know, keyboard or microphone or whatever it is. So I think a lot of times when we see videos like that, it, sh it should bother you. I mean, if that is in fact Delonte West and that's the current state that he's in, you know, I just pray that, People are able to connect with him, keep him alive, um, get him the help he needs because, you know, Cavs fans will for, you know, forever be grateful. He was a fan favorite here. He really was. I mean, just a fearless player, um, you know, came out as a shooting guard. So, you know, if that is Delonte West, you know, I definitely pray that he gets the, uh, the help he needs. Was he as bad as Josh Gordon? You know, a little different. Um, Josh Gordon obviously, obviously battles a substance abuse problem. And I'm not saying Delonte West didn't, but – I mean, Delonte West has schizophrenia. You know, there was stories about him riding around on motorcycles with guns in his guitar case. Um, just about, he was worried that people were coming to get him and he heard voices. And, you know, Josh Gordon obviously is probably more closely related to like the Aaron Hernandez, less the murder side, you know, but just addiction to substances when it comes to marijuana and just a, a rough upbringing. Um, but Delonte West, I think, legitimately has a, a, a mental health disease that puts him in danger of himself. You know, Josh Gordon smoking weed is not in danger to himself, whereas Delonte West is. And it's just one of those things where, you know, like I said, he was publicly diagnosed with bipolar, you know, depression, everything. I mean, it's just one of those ones where you just hope he gets the, you know, the help he needs. Yeah, great. Yeah, and uh, obviously I'm not a big basketball fan, so uh, I'm always learning about basketball as well. Just actually going back to the Browns really quickly is George Payton being linked heavily to the Browns at the moment. Do you think that's a good hire for the Browns? Yeah, so unlike the Browns, the Minnesota Vikings have had a kind of pillar of consistency, you know, for about the past 15 years. So the GM, Rick Spielman, has had guys – you know, like Kevin Stefanski, like George Payton, who have been within the organization for years. And it was odd because 
he was being interviewed, then he wasn't being interviewed, then people were like real questioned about it. Then all of a sudden, Ian Rappaport comes out and says, oh, this weekend, George Payton interviewed with the Browns. And then people were like, well, he's not going to go to the Senior Bowl because he wants to stay back in Berea because I could just see Browns Twitter and Browns Nation going nuts if Paul D. Podesta went to Mobile. But my guess is, you know, Stefanski might go down there for a day. It's weird because the first few days of practices are the only time the scouts are there. And then for the game, they all leave. So Friday night, they'll all leave. And then you're just left with the coaching staffs that are doing the game and the media. So George Payton sounds like he's going to be staying in Cleveland for a couple days uh, to maybe possibly find a second interview, maybe discuss some details. But he is a widely respected scout. He's been with the Vikings for 15 years. So I think that would be a very good get for the Browns if they're able to get George Payton. Uh, excellent. Yeah. So the Browns fan base is definitely turning, supporting the stuff that's going on at the moment, which is great to see. Well, Browns fans love to just get on board with what they can, because at the end of the day, we all have optimism. You know, we all want to make sure, you know, we have hope. I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time, Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman says, hope is a you know, dangerous thing. It can drive a man insane. And I think Browns fans have really reflected that over the, you know, the past 20 years since we came back. So you start worrying like, oh my God, the sky is falling. We got rid of James Campen. Boom, we get Bill Callahan. Now, I'm not an offensive lineman. I have no idea if, you know, the team is going to be better off with James Campen or Bill Callahan, but it doesn't hurt having him. I can tell you that much. Or, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, Adam Henry gave the guy too much leeway. Uh, we don't know that. We're just speculating that because the receivers didn't perform like we wanted. And I will give this. Hollywood Higgins has the largest fan base of people for a guy that was a fifth round pick who, you know, has really only had one season where he was a number three receiver. But, you know, it kind of reminds me of the days when Josh, Go or Josh, Gordon, Josh Cribs, you know, was like using the fans in contract negotiations. So, you know, getting a new wide receivers coach in there, different voice. You know, I don't think that's any indi you know, indication of how good of a coach Adam Henry is. The guy's been in the league for years. So maybe the problem started way above Adam Henry and we're kind of just – connecting dots that are easy to connect and just pointing fingers because you know it's just one of those things where we're always negative and then positive Stefanski's an analytics guy and then all of a sudden he hires all these football guys and they're like oh maybe this was the right hire so we don't yeah. know we're not in the interviews we don't know it's exciting we're, i think we're coming under the radar we're getting good talent so uh, obviously we were super excited this time last year freddie kitchens and wilkins monk monks it sounded like a real dream team, Dorsey. But, hey, we go again, and I'm really interested. Exciting to see the new face, the new characters that are going to be with the Browns. Oh, absolutely. And now, you know, that leads us right into the Senior Bowl, where Browns fans are – I'm telling you, this happens every year. It's the Cooper Cup effect, you know, the Terry McLaurin effect. There's going to be some guy that lights the Senior Bowl up. Penny last year. Penny. Oh, yeah, Rashad Penny. That's right. He took that screen bass in the game and housed it. Got him a first-round pick. But I will just tell you, the year I was there, I was standing next to Matt Miller, and we were down uh, – the NFL draft scout. And we were down watching the D-line drills. Aaron Donald was absolutely mauling people. They had to take him out of the drills because if they lined him up over the interior, exterior, every offensive lineman at the Senior Bowl got their shit pushed in by 
Aaron Donald. It was insane. And we're just all sitting there like, is this guy real? Like, how is he physically just dominating everybody? So, you know, a couple guys that I would keep an eye on. Um, you know, the Bengals and the Lions are the coaches this year. So Matt Patricia and Zach Taylor. Um, but I know Browns fans, the quarterbacks there, which we're not all that interested in. Uh, Jordan Love's a big one from Utah State. Uh, Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma. Uh, Justin Herbert, the kid out of Oregon. Um, Joe Burrow did pull out because obviously he's floating on top of the world. He's going to go number one, so there's no point to him to get there. But a couple guys to look at, uh, Josh Jones, an offensive tackle out of Houston. Uh, the kid's 6'7", 310, moves well, uh, has freakishly long arms. I think he's going to be a pretty good uh, prospect for us to watch, see how he does. Another guy is um, Prince Tega Wanago. Um, he's another offensive lineman, so I think he's going to be u- unique and kind of a good guy to watch. These are guys that are kind of maybe in that second wave, you know, that aren't necessarily those top four guys that everybody talks about. Um, some other guys, Zach Bond, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, um, you know, very Joe Schobert like uh, a guy I really like in the later rounds for big target is uh, Chase Claypool, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame. Um, Ashton Davis is a safety out of California. A lot of mock drafts have the Browns go to in the second round. Um, Malik Harrison and KJ Hill are the two Ohio state guys, the linebacker and the wide receiver. Um, so there's just a lot of talent. Uh, Buckeye fans may know Shea Patterson, the quarterback from Michigan is going to be there. Um, Michael Pittman, whose father was a running back in the NFL. He's going to be there. Um, the kid, the tight end that a lot of people like, maybe the Browns, Harrison Bryant, the Florida Atlantic kid, he'll be there. Um, I'm trying to think. The kid from LSU, Fulton, pulled out. I know that. Um, another one I want to watch is Colin Johnson, another huge target out of Texas. I think the Browns need some size in the red zone. So the few mock drafts I've done, I've seen some of those bigger guys there in that day three. So if like a Colin Johnson's available in the fourth round, I think you can take a flyer. He's had a little bit of an injury history. Um, but he's a guy that definitely could add some six foot five, huge catching radius. The guy catches everything. Um, Gavin Kinlaw, D tackle out of South Carolina is another one I want to watch. He's a potential top 15 pick. Um, and the kid Jabari Zuniga, he's an end out of Florida. He's kind of that late first, second round guy. So if we're looking for a little depth on the edges, uh, Jabari is one guy that I want to look at a little bit. So just a couple names for Browns fans to watch throughout the week, see what they're going to get into. Um, it should be a good week. The Senior Bowl is really, really good for scouts because they have unfettered access to the guys. They can sit down. They can interview them. They, you know, it's a little bit less structured as the Combine. So the Combine, everything is like by a whistle. So the Senior Bowl is a little bit more loosey-goosey. Will you watch the game? Absolutely not. There's nothing of value in that game. It's vanilla. Um, I, I would much rather watch the practices over the game because in the game, they just – they don't really care. Mm. So. All right, Ian. I'm going to wrap it up. It's nearly 4 o'clock in the morning in England. So uh, – and just to talk through, Ian's drinking red wine out of a water tumbler. So we need to have a chat about that. A no, whiskey I ha- tumbler. It's a little whiskey gobbler, but um, it's actually my Game of Thrones where it says listening to talkers makes me thirsty. So, yes, I am about done with my, uh, my cab for the evening. All right, guys. Ian, tell everyone where they can find your details. Ian19 on Twitter. Um, always on there trying to, you know, just generate conversation with Browns fans. You know, it's, it's, 
we've pivoted now. We're back in Brown's optimism season. So we got through the doom and gloom. It was a rough couple days. A lot of hate. I saw a lot of hate towards, uh, a lot of hatred towards our guy Paul Brown. Uh, Jack Duffin. He was taking shots left and right. I got blocked by a couple guys because I asked if he was bringing Robert Salah's defense or Eric Bieniemy's offense. So hope you're listening. I uh, appreciate the uh, the blockage there. I had a good comeback. It was a great gif, but you blocked me, so you don't get that. And I, I don't do burner accounts. So, so basically, Ian's taking this well too personally. Someone's uh, blocked him. So, <laughs> oh no, I've been blocked. Somehow, I got blocked by Mike Freeman, the NFL guy, and I have no. I've never tweeted at him. Somebody commented the other day. I was like, oh, no, Mike Freeman said. I clicked on. It. I was like, how the hell did I get blocked? So sorry, Mike Freeman, if you're listening, you can unblock me because I don't have any un. Any hatred for you. I don't even know how the hell I got blocked. Send me his tweet, Twitter details. I'll send him a message if I can uh, get you unblocked. Yeah. Mike Freeman, NFL. All right, guys. Go Browns. The season, end of January. This is a really exciting time. I've got to do my combine video this year. I'm going to do it with another twist. So that'll be great fun. Do you have any news you want to announce? I saw you posting some teasers on your uh, Instagram. Uh, no, yeah, I can tell everyone who listens to the podcast the information is that I'm uh, filming Anthony Joshua tomorrow, so uh, big gig for me. Uh, I won't get paid for it, but it's just a bit of uh, press. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm super excited. I've I've texted my mate Jeremy Schnapp on in ESPN, who covers all the boxing, and so yeah, it's just gonna be- he's actually he's actually a guest speaker in Mobile this week. Who Jeremy is Schapp- Jeremy Schnapp's in Mobile doing a guest speaking event. Really? Yeah. So if you tell him, be like, hey, as a Browns fan, go find me some Browns news. Oh, definitely going to. Uh, I've already texted him, so he'll probably come back in a minute. But um, now, jo- Joshua's from England too, right? He's in. He's he's British. Yeah, yeah he's British. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't um, he, he the Olympic champion? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought he was. Yeah, he, he had. Don't say anything cheeky, or you might uh, end up with uh, half your face caved in. I've I've been told he's the nicest guy in the world. So uh, let's find out. And uh, interestingly, he was in the club at the same time as Odell Beckham on friday that's his security detail and just make sure there's no ass slapping by the way i just googled uh anthony joshua the guy's 23 and one so i would be really careful what you say to him what does that mean in english 23 one it means he's fought 24 people and only one person's had the ability to, to beat okay. him he's six foot six Whew. you're gonna look very tiny next to this man he is a giant all right, Ian. Well, look, I need to get some sleep. I've got a big day ahead of me. Uh, go Browns. And uh, I'll speak to you. Um, I've got some interesting guests coming up from mobile. Not just Ben Aldright. I've got some other guests. I'll probably sign up Jeremy Schnapp now. So that'd be quite good. So uh, there, there you go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to DVR the, uh, the senior bowl practices so we can connect with Albright and kind of see what he thinks. And I'll give you a little bit of thoughts on what I'm watching. Mainly, I'm going to be watching, honestly, the O-line, D-line, linebackers, safeties. And I'm going to try to find some late round wide receivers because, you know, people forget if Hollywood Higgins leaves, that leaves us with, you know, Odell and Jarvis and then Damian Ratley and Taiwan Taylor, DJ Montgomery. Hodge. So, uh, yeah, Kaderil Hodge. These are more special teams guys, but, you know, you don't really have that speed demon. You know, one of the guys I really like is KJ Hamler, the kid from Penn State, just because he can fly but you probably have to use your second round pick on him. But um, a lot of wide receiver talent. There is This draft is insanely deep with wide outs. So hopefully our future GM will find us one. But yeah, I'd look in the trenches. The Browns need to get tougher. Um, Browns Twitter 
and the mock draft community is going to hate me because I am just so not on board with these damn tackles. Like everybody's doing their mock drafts. You know, Jeff Lloyd and those guys do a great show. And I just see their posts, Browns mock daily draft, all those guys. The fact that they take like the fifth highest rated tackle, like Mackay Becton or something, just, oh, it kills me. Like why would we take the fourth highest rated tackle when the number one at another position of need that's a core position is there? I, I, I can't get it. I cannot get it. Well, maybe we have a link-up show with uh, Jeff Lloyd and uh, have a chat about it. Absolutely. And I'll take on Brown's uh, draft Twitter like Jon Snow at the, uh, at the battle scene. So bring it on. Let's get uh, Pete Smith on here. I'd love to come on the show. So. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love, I'm good with Wirfs and I'm good with Wills. They're starting right tackles, but they're the two best prospects. Andrew Thomas, to me, freak athlete, moves well. Just his technique is just so sloppy. I mean, people are – tweeting out about his game film from LSU. And I don't know what the hell they watched. I watched a guy that was just off balance all day and uses athleticism. You line that guy up across somebody from the NFL, he's going to get his ass whooped uh, day one. So I'm really looking for guys that start day one. The biggest thing that Browns fans need to remember, we have a two year window before this roster is going to completely overhaul. We need to win now. I can't draft a guy at number 10. That's going to take six, eight, 10 games to get on the field. I need somebody day one. Worfs and Wills are the only two to me that are day one starters on the line. All I heard from Ian was there, we're hiring a dwarf at number 10. So uh, there we go. I need more wine. Go Browns. Go Browns.